Before we get started today, I want to take us down memory lane for some of us. Some of you guys are too young to remember this. There used to be these TV shows that came on every Friday night on ABC. Anybody remember that? What was that called? TGIF. Thank God it's Friday because when Friday came, your favorite TV shows came on. And kids, TVs are these things we used to watch. <laughs> Y'all got Netflix and Instant Access. We had to wait till Friday. And if you didn't have a VCR, you weren't watching it again. We couldn't binge watch back then. If it wasn't across the airwaves, you didn't get it. Now y'all got stuff in the cloud. But anyway, for the older people in the room, and maybe some of you young people, you might be a little nostalgic. I'm going to play a quick clip here, and I want to see if y'all remember this TGIF show. I couldn't even get that in HD. I had to have a box. We had to do standard definition. And so for you guys who know what that is. How do I get to my next slide? All right, well. And so, we've been learning about being family, and back in the day, like, even on television, being a part of a family was like, it was, this is weird, the sound, you guys. I'm gonna stand over here. And so, the, being a part of a family was like a, a, a cornerstone of our culture, and we knew that family was important. We knew that family was important. And so we've been talking about God's family and how God ordained family. And two weeks ago, we talked about um, marriage. Two weeks ago, we talked about marriage. And um, it's over. And so if you realize what that clip was, it was from a TV show that understood that family matters. It understood that families matter. And so today, I'm going to talk about God's family matters. God's family matters. And so if you turn me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, if you need a Bible, you can raise your hand and somebody will bring you out a copy of Scripture that is yours to keep. If you have it on your smart device, you can meet me there. But we're introduced to this concept. We're introduced to this idea, this ideology about being a part of God's family. And that's what we're going to talk about. This morning, we're going to talk about being a part of God's family. We're going to talk about some of the important rules about being a part of God's family. Then we're going to take communion, and we're going to go home. Or you can go wherever you want to go. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. And so Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, some of us, we don't, we, we, we don't really use that word household uh, in our everyday vernacular. Uh, but when you go and I used to work for the food stamp office, and when you would go and you would get uh, benefits, when people would come and get benefits, we, 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 we categorize people by households, by households, uh, meaning everybody under the governing authority of that house. And so the people who would get uh, assistance, they would come and we would ask, how many people do you have in your household? In other words, how many people are you responsible for? How many people are part of your family? And we can take the word household and we can, we, we can, uh, we, we can supplement it with the word family. And so if you're a member of God's household, you're a member of God's family. You're no longer strangers. You're a member of God's family. And I don't know about y'all, but if you're a member of my family, there's certain things you got to do in my household. Even my kids, they're getting older, and they start smelling themselves. 
Understand you're older. Understand you got things going on in your life. Understand there's stress and strain. Understand all this stuff going on. But in my household, we act a certain way. We do certain things. A good parent doesn't allow the children in that household to fight. Even if we got to tell each one of our kids, you look out your window, you look out your window, and don't talk till we get there. And you try to instill in your kids, listen, y'all are family. My mom used to tell me, if we would go out there, and I know this is hood, this hood mentality, but you go out there and you get into a fight, and your brother didn't help you, Hold on, hold on, hold on. He got beat up. Where were you at when your brother was getting beat up? I got some hood people in the house. I see. Some of y'all like, I have no, I, I don't know. I don't know what I do. I, 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 I call the cops. I don't know what happened. No, 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 no. That's not what you do. Your brother in a fight. Your sister in a fight with a girl and you a boy. You better pull her hair or something. Pull her off of your sister with her hair. Because family is important. And you don't let nobody mess with your family. We used to say blood is thicker than water. Amen. You had to fight mama when you got home, Sister Beverly. Mama used to tell me all the time, you did what? Oh, when you come home, it's on and popping in your world. So you had to learn. I know it's hood. I'm sorry. Kids don't fight. Call the cops. Do something else. But when I was growing up, family meant something. And God's family is an expression of his love. He said, you're no longer strangers, but you are now members of the household of God. What he is saying is, you are once aliens, but I have now adopted you into my family. If anybody's ever been around someone who has been an adopted person into a family, and so, again, I'm hood. Sometimes they cousins or people you know, they come move into the house. They not, you didn't go to no paperwork, but now they part of the family. There was this transition period where they had to learn how to live by the rules of the household because they weren't used to it. And you, the kids, you go over there and you tell them, you be like, listen, um, you don't want to do that because my daddy crazy. Uh, don't. I, I, I don't know where you came, where you were before. But over here, you're not, no, 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 please don't do that. Don't make my daddy come in here. No, 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 no. Right? My mama don't, hey, listen, listen, I, I. You got food in, look, look, my mama don't allow food in the room. She say, bring roaches so you don't go back to the kitchen table. And you got to train the new child how to live according to the rules. And here's one thing, when the new child moves in, the new child has this struggle where they have to come and become a part of the family. And so they kind of test things, and they kind of, they're, 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 they're trying to figure out how far they can go. They're trying to figure out if this family really loves me. Anybody ever, am I talking to anybody? And so when we become a part of God's household, we come in and we got to test things a little bit and got to figure out if God, like, God, I know you said, but God, I know you, but. And so this new person, this adoptive person, they're getting a sense or feel of what real love is. And God says, I brought you into my family to be an expression of my love. I loved you so much that you are alien. You are far off from me, and I brought you in this place to love you. Jesus, uh, in John 17, you can turn there. It'll be on the screen. Jesus in John 17 was, um, this is the real Lord's Prayer. 
Jesus is about to go and be with the Father. And he goes and he looks up to heaven and he begins to pray for his disciples. And he says, as you sent me, this is Jesus talking to the Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's saying, basically, I'm not only praying for these disciples that's in front of me right now. I'm praying for those who will believe based upon what these disciples are going out and saying. And so at this juncture, the prayer is transitioning. And guess who Jesus is praying for through proxy? Through hundreds of years, he's praying for us sitting in these seats right now, being a part of his family. He's saying, listen, I'm praying not only for those, but I'm praying for those who will believe based on their word, based on what they say about me. Going back to the children analogy, the kid who moves in a home, you, the, 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 the kids who have experienced the parents' love, they'll say, listen, listen, no, 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 you understand, you're misinterpreting what's going on. My mama, do, she do love you. Or you don't understand, my, 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 my daddy, he does love you. And so you got to take it on my word. I just know that's how they are. That's how they are. It's just their rules, but they love you. If they didn't love you, you would not be here. Trust me, my parents are crazy. That they may be, listen, 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 if I don't get no further, we have some special stuff going on during communion, so I'm going to try to rush through this. But if I don't get further in the message, get this point, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. He's saying, Father, I'm praying that they will be one like we are one. If you're sitting in those seats, if you're sitting in those chairs and you call yourself a member of Northeast Community Church, listen, you are created in this family to be one. One. Not only one like kind of, oh, that's my girl. Oh, that's my girl. Me, that's my girl. No, 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 no. One like God and Jesus are one. That the glory you have given me and I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. I'm talking about God wants us to be perfectly family. Not like any ideology or any messed up family that you've lived in and, you know, some people have went through abuse in family. Not like, like, and so when you hear the word family, you kind of cringe. No, he said, I want you to be perfectly family. How do we get there? So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Wow. I said this one. I, I, I preached this a couple of times and people look at me sideways. You need to understand that Jesus loves you. I mean, God loves you the same that he loved his only son. That they might know that you love them as you love me. And it bears witness at the cross. Listen, if you, you, you don't sacrifice something of lesser value for something of greater value. It has to be equal to or greater than for you to sacrifice something. And God said, this is my only, my only, my only son. And I'm going to sacrifice him so I can have many sons and daughters. If you don't understand that, take a finance class. He says, Father, that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation 
of the world. Because you love me from the foundation of the world. It says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I made known to them your name. I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Listen, this is a family thing. And you have been designated as God's family to accomplish his mission. And in order to accomplish his mission, you need to hear this. I'm going to start walking now. My mic is all squared away. If you knew and you ain't never seen a preacher walk him down the aisles, I'm sorry. This is kind of what I do. Because I got to get close to you. Some of y'all try to sit in the back of the church. See, you know, some people try to sit in the back of the church. You people in the front row, good on you. Some people try to sit in the back of the church. I will come back here too, y'all. <laughs> to accomplish God's mission in the earth, we must get to a place that we love each other so intimately that the world, got, I don't know where Ryan begins and Sean ends. I don't understand like how someone could love someone so perfectly because even in natural families, we blow it. But he's saying like in the kingdom, you got to be like, you got to be on top of your game. And that's why it starts with marriage. That's why it starts with parenting. And then when we enter the church, we come into the church, and I don't know why I was just talking about somebody, to somebody about this the other day. I don't know why, but if you're here, like God has given us so many introverted people. I love introverts. I'm an introvert myself. But listen, we got to move past some of this. If all you can give me is two hours, give me those two hours, but give me to me as unto the Lord. I, like, that really blows my mind. I'm like, God, you don't send all these introverts, but you're telling us all to be one. Is there an application point to this? Yes. Invite somebody out to lunch today. Listen, I've been going to church with you for two years. I ain't never met you. What's your name? You don't remember his name. And don't and, and invite Trevor Love eating lunch because he work at night. <laughs> I done been to lunch with Trevor like 17 times. I'm like, Trevor, I can't, I can't hang with you, brother. Tre and Trevor don't eat like salads. Trevor eat like he find like the greasiest spots ever. Like you walk in the face, you feel like your face, your pores start clogging up. It's like, man, they got so much grease in it, man. I, he did take me to a salad spot downtown. He had to drive. But anyway. <laughs> like seriously. Like if you're a member of the body of Christ, you have to get outside. Well, I'm just waiting for them to ask me. No, 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 no. Maybe you're the catalyst to that relationship. Has anybody, and I, y'all know I go on rabbit trails. Has anybody... Has anybody ever met somebody and you didn't like them at first because you had some preconceived notions about them, but then you got to know them? Like, they're kind of cool. And then that's thing, you know, y'all besties. Y'all shopping together and stuff. Y'all walking hand in hand. That's my bestie. <laughs> but we're so tired. We got so much stuff going on. I got work. I got this. I got this. I got these kids. I got, I got. And God's saying, listen, listen, listen. I've created y'all to be one. How do I do that, Pastor? Listen, we have game nights here. We had a game night here. Two people showed up. So next time you see a game night come on thing, show up. 
Some people in the room, you tell them, I got a gift of hospitality. Invite people to your house. It's like me saying, I got a gift to preach, and I never preach. Right? I got a gift. Invite people into your home. Invite people into your space. Listen, this is, this, this is what you need to see. You are an important part of God's family. Each and every one, if you're, if you're a believer and you're sitting in those seats, you're an important part of God's family. God doesn't make mistakes. We talked about this a few uh, weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Uh, uh, each believer has at least one gift for the edification of the body. What is your gift? Use it. The, uh, we have the church truck across the street, and we were cleaning out the storage the other day, and we were trying to get stuff into the truck, and the truck, we, we just load and load out. Listen, we hadn't loaded and loaded that one, and guess what? The battery don't work no more. Why'd the battery die? Because the truck ain't being used. And we wonder why we can't feel like invigorated and recharged in the Lord because we're not using what God has given us. And I'm harking back to this. I know I get emails after I say this. If you are feeling like God is not speaking to you clearly anymore, go back to the last thing that God told you and do that. And I guarantee you, this is who we are. No love served. I guarantee you, somewhere in there, God is telling you to interact with other people. And interact with people in a deeper way than you're currently interacting with people. Because that's how God sanctifies us. Watch this. And I got a lot of scripture today. It says now, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now you are a member of the body of Christ and individually members of it. Individually, individually, you are important to God. And the body is made up of his collective parts. The body is made up of his collective parts. Now, however insignificant you think your nose might be at any particular time, if someone to come for your nose, you'd be like, I'm going to miss my nose. Your pinky finger. The little bitty bottom part of your earlobe. Like, I want all of that. They say, you can live without it. I don't want to live without it. Don't dismember me. When you get disease in your body, you don't really realize some of this stuff is working. But it becomes real important when they start talking about taking stuff and you dying behind stuff. And God has said we are part of Christ's body. And individually. And, that's, and, and, and that goes to say that you are important individually, but collectively, there's some, oh, there's a whole other thing going on. And we have been baptized into Christ. But not only into Christ, into his To his body. Into his body. So what does it mean to be a member of Christ's body? We're going to dive into that a little bit, and then we're going to take communion. Look, um, when you are a member of something, oftentimes there's things that go on. based you, You're a member only based upon certain things that go on and within that organization that you're a member of. Amen? Anybody following? All right. And so when you are a member of the church, there are certain behaviors that are expected because you're a member of the church. There are certain behaviors that are expected because you're a part of the family. We talked about that a while ago. There are certain behaviors that are just expected. Now, listen, we don't revoke your card if you don't do certain things, but we'll get real close to it. But we won't do it because it's not our card to revoke. However. We strongly urge. The elders will be getting on me. I'll be writing my own doctrine. The elders will be like, you can't say that. I'm like, yes, I can. It'll motivate them. 
the motivator. So I'm not going to do that today. But we strongly urge, like strongly, strong, like y'all understand how strongly I'm urging you? But I'm not strongly urging you based upon just like something that Sean thought of. I'm strongly urging you based on the word. But there's this pesky little thing in the gospel that says you can't lose your salvation, so I don't, I don't cross that line. But I will say this strongly. If you're acting like you're not a part of the family, you might not be a part of the family. And I'm going to say that I'm going to drop that and I'm going to walk away. All right? All right. Y'all understand? I love all y'all. Hebrews 13, 17 says, one of the things that you need to do if you're a part of this family is obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Now, you guys know I've talked about this before. I don't boast in this. I don't brag in this because I don't say, look, serve me, serve me. I, I wish it wasn't in the Bible, honestly, because I want you to be able to do what you want to do. Like I told you, when, my, when we were parenting my kids, my wife was like, you got to play with them. I'm like, I don't want to play with them. I want to watch TV. I don't want to leave this household. Like, y'all just go do stuff. I'll make the money. Y'all go. I'm like, I'm just non-confrontational. Just go. Just do it. I hope it works out for you. That's just me. But this is something I have to be embraced to be a part of this family. And God has given me certain responsibilities, and I'm not the daddy of the family. Don't look at me like I'm the daddy of the family. I would never say that. But I am the big brother that your mama left in charge when, um, y'all remember that? <sighs> mama left big brother in charge, and big, it was big brother's job. Now listen, watch this. It was big brother's job to obey and enforce the rules of the household while mom and daddy gone. Right? But if big brother by any chance, went outside of mama daddy rules and implemented his own rules, it was on the popping in his world, too. And so I take that very seriously. Look at, listen, 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 this is the father's rules. But my job is to discern what the father has said in the scripture, me and the elders, and we're supposed to teach sound doctrine, and that sound doctrine is designed to, to, to grow you spiritually. That's what it just said. It says, submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls. I know that's hard for some people because we come from church hurt and people have abused it. I get that. But that was a big brother doing his own big brother thing if he wasn't a, 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 a obeying God. And so here's the thing. If you're a part of a church and a leader comes to you, well, he just said it wrong. What he said was true. Sometimes he said it right, but you just felt some kind of way because you didn't want to change and then you didn't want to do what the leader said do. And I guarantee you, all the elders, we're not trying to be all in y'all business. We're not. I mean, I, I got my own stuff. And so if I approach you about something, listen, I'm approaching you about it for your good because I'm watching over your soul. I know it's hard, but it's true. Because we're going to give account. I remember we used to do stuff, and, 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 and my brother used to try to do stuff outside of my mama's rules, and then uh, it would blow up. And I would make sure that it blew up so that mama could find out. He would try to clean it up. <laughs> Anybody had a brother like that? I mean, one time I had an older brother. He was, he, was, he was five years older than me. He was a lot bigger than me. One time, like, this is just brutal. He threw me in the air, and he slapped me while I was in the air. <laughs> like, how? Like, it's bad enough that you get manhandling, thrown across the room. But while you in the air, you go, <clears throat> And my nose began to bleed. I had these white sheets on my bed. I was like, oh, <laughs> Because he would try to clean up. Oh, man, you bleed. I'm so sorry, man. I didn't mean it. Let me go get a towel. So he ran to go get a towel, and I fall on the bed. Ugh. Ugh. 
Ah, I love my wife. Love when I do stuff like that. And so blood all over the sheets, and like I'm just, you know, you know, you trying to get all the blood out. He cleaned up the sheets, man. Come on, man. And then he go and he put like some space sheets on there, and like, like mama ain't go, like she coming after, she just. You pee in the bed last night? Mm-mm. I did not pee in the bed. I'm not gonna snitch, cause snitches get stitches. But hey, I'm just saying those bed sheets ain't the same bed sheets when you left here. Go look in the, I'm just saying, go look in the laundry. I'm just saying, go look in the laundry. She going to find blood. Why is all this blood here? You left him in charge. <laughs> Explain, big brother. <laughs> I'm going to have to give a count. And also says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. God has given us leaders to your advantage. And we have to see this as a family. This is a family. I'm going to move on from that real quick because I know how people get. Uh, When you're fully engaged in God's family, you're committed to the leadership of the local church. Listen, in the Bible, I know some people, they distinguish universal church and local church, but the Bible only alludes to the universal church a few times in Scripture. Like most of the time, Paul is saying to the saints in Rome, to the saints in Galatia. And he's speaking to specific things that are happening in that specific congregation. And he's saying to the pastor in that city, listen, this is what I need you to do. He's talking to Timothy. He said, Timothy, as a young leader, this is what I need you to do. Why would God be giving all these instructions while he's not, well, the Holy Spirit is here. Don't, but why would God be giving all these instructions? Because, because this is designed, the local church is designed to show who God is. The Bible says that they will know that you belong to me by how you love one another. And listen, you just can't love anybody any old kind of way. They lucky I'm giving them my time. They lucky. They, they, and as soon as somebody look at you sideways, as soon as somebody don't dress the way that you dress, as soon as somebody don't act the way that you would like them to act, you push away from the table and say, those are not my people. You don't have that choice. This is family. And listen, if we get it right, 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 God will rest upon what we're doing here, and it'll be worth something. If not, guess what? We could be at home watching the Cowboys game. Amen, brother? Watch us lose again. Longhorns barely won. Y'all, they, they give, I was sitting there last night, I was sitting there watching the game. I said, this is enough to give you a heart attack. My wife said, mm, that don't make no sense. You don't sit here and get a heart attack behind the game. You, are you watching this? <laughs> this is my blood pressure. Let me stay on track. We got stuff something to do. But if you're fully engaged in God's family, you're committed to the leadership of the local church. Listen, you can be a part of family and not fully engaged. Ask the prodigal. You can be estranged from your family. Some of you people ain't talking. Some family members I ain't talked to in years. Me and my wife have always said this. Our church family has been more so, not our, not, not, not our uh, uh, what do you call this, our, our, our household, but our church family. We're closer to our church family than cousins, aunts, uncles, Willie them. Hey, not Willie them, Willie, my uncle. I got a, <laughs> got an uncle name. 
got an uncle named Willie too, bro. God's family must not only have good leaders, it must also have good followers. I'll say that and I'll move on. Why must it have good followers? Because God's family is where believers, his children, grow. Listen, if you want to mature in God, like, I get, I, I'm, I've, been, I've, been reading, I've, been, I've been reading my Bible, I've been listening to podcasts, I don't feel like I'm growing. Are you engaged in your local church? And I'm not talking about just handing out flies. I'm talking about, are you a part of a small group? Do you go out to lunch with people in your community? Do you allow iron to sharpen iron with other believers? That's where we grow. In our mission statement, we say that we, are, we exist to make disciples who know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. The love that fits with this sermon today, the love means that we learn to trust God with others. We talked about marriage being sanctifying two weeks ago. We talked about parenting being sanctified a week ago. I'm telling you right now, when you get involved in the church, you're going to get sanctified. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know. I don't stand up on a pedestal act like I just float around. No, 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 no. Listen, some of the hardest people to get along with is other church folk because we all know Bible. We all know Bible. We all know Bible. We all know Bible. We know Bible too much sometimes for our own good. We all know Bible. So you don't tell me that. And, then, and, then some, and listen, listen, listen. This whole thing with church hurt. Like a lot of people in this room, we've been hurt by the church. Listen, I was talking with somebody the other day. And, and, and listen, we've been hurt by the church. But guess what? You're going to get hurt regardless when people are involved. Don't grow without hurt. There was another TV show called Growing Pains. Y'all remember that? It was on TGIF, but it was a TV show. (laughs) Growth hurts. And sometimes God will allow those situations and those circumstances in your life in order to grow you. Listen, if we want to be mature, we got to engage in Christian community. We got to be a part of his family. We got to be. We're going to let a family member do communion, so I need to hurry up. Watch this. Ephesians 4, he says, And he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. What To do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Listen, as you grow, the body grows. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. It would be bad parenting if you allow your children to still behave like children when they're older. Paul says, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I behaved as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now, barring a serious medical thing that's going on in your life, if you had an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 16-year-old walking around in a diaper with a binky in his mouth, you'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's some developmental challenges going on in these people's lives. Why are you letting this 16-year-old boy or girl still wear a diaper? We get mad when you're five, six years old and still got a diaper on. And it's the same way some of us are in the body of Christ. We've been Christian 20, 30 years, and we still acting like five-year-olds. Listen, it's up to the family to change things. I remember back when we were kids, man, we, you know, you suck your thumb, and they said, that's for babies. Don't suck your thumb. They put hot sauce on you, like family members. And your mama start, and your mama tell you not to do it, and then your brother say, didn't mama tell you not to? Like, family members are going to make you grow up. And we have to be open for other people in the body. Well, you ain't the pastor. You can't say nothing to me. Listen, listen, listen. Did they say it in love? Did they say it for your betterment? Did they say it for your benefit? Did they say it because they don't want you to be a 16-year-old walking around in diapers, stanking all over the place? 
we're part of a family. Why did he give us the leadership? Why did he give us the other brothers that we might grow in maturity? It says, and we're going to do that until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to measure of the stature and fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine. And so many of us in the church, there's just so many things that come, the, the, the newest fad and old. This. So I understand there's bad leadership out there. But listen, if you find a church where it's biblical teaching, where there's a board of elders and we're sitting and scrutinizing and we're saying, listen, we're praying for you and we are teaching these things that we're teaching for you to grow. Listen, you need to apply these things to your life and be getting involved in community. We haven't said much else since we've been around. No love served. We don't say much more because that's what we think. If you do all these three things, then you will mature in Christ. Fullness of Christ is what we're looking for. So they may no longer be tossed to and fro by the waves of doctrines, carried around by every wind of doctrine, human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking truth and love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head of who's the head, who's the head into Christ, for whom the whole body joined together by every joint through which it is equipped. Every joint, every one of you are necessary. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Listen, you will be known by the world for how we love one another. Loving one another means that we identify our spiritual gifts and we engage in our spiritual gifts within the context of the body. Listen. When you are not connected to your local church and you're not loving within the context of your local church, this is what you're doing. You're not only robbing yourself from growth, you're robbing the church because the church needs you to grow up. If you don't hear nothing else today, somebody needs to hear that this morning. You are part of this for a reason. Going back to last week's parenting, you ever had that kid, you don't know nobody, hey, y'all don't need to around. They go through those things, you're like, boy, if you don't get over here. You in your fields right now. That's what the kids say now, that you in your fields. That means feelings for the older people in the room. <laughs> get out your fields. Don't be governed by your emotions. Well, everything ain't going the way that I wanted to go. Listen. Family ain't going to ever look like you want to look. We said that since the last three weeks ago. Your marriage ain't going to look like the way that you want it to look. Like, so just, you know, you married that person, and now you deal with that person. You know they went to 10 when you married them. Now you're trying to get them to go to the gym and work out, get a six-pack. He had a keg when you married him. Now you want to have a six-pack? <laughs> Don't get it. Don't get it. Won't get it. Listen. God's family has to move from consumerism to communion. God's family has to move past the consumer mentality. I showed up and the music wasn't quite right. I don't like the way that he said what he said he said that. I don't like the way that, listen, the donuts today wasn't Round Rock donuts. They had Shipley donuts. We talked about this. We talked about this. I, I'm not... I don't even eat the donuts. 
the coffee ain't strong enough. Listen, if the coffee ain't strong enough, I have a job for you to brew that coffee. Every time. Hey, hey, Shana. That was, oh, Shaba. I felt that. I felt that. I remember, listen, I bet you stop talking about them coffee. Listen, listen. They ain't the right donuts. Hey, there's an opening. You can come pick them up in the morning. You can go get them in the morning. They open. They, you live closer to the plot. You live. Look, my wife said, come on, preacher, because she get the donuts. Look. <laughs> you preaching now. You live closer to the donut shop anyway. You pass by them coming here and talking about the end, you didn't get the ones I wanted. You, you go to Rail Rock, then you live right by. These chairs ain't comfortable. Hey, we will take your donation. We will buy new comfortable chairs. Spread the love. Open up your wallet. It's that important to you, we'll take it. They not putting the slides up fast enough. I don't care. Listen, you can get back there and you can volunteer once a week. My kids ain't listen, listen, listen. They, they need help back there with the kids. Sunday nights, we need help on Sunday nights. Maybe it ain't happening because you're supposed to step into it. Plenty of room. But most importantly, we're not here to consume. We're here to be a part. I'm going to say this, and then we're going to take communion. We believe here at Northeast Community Church the best way that you can grow is through smaller groups. Through smaller groups. Some of you say, well, you know, I, 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 think, I'm a, I think I'm a prophet. I think, I'm a, I think I have gift of hospitality. I think I got this. I think I got this. Guess what? Guess what those work best? Not here on Sunday morning. You know, we can sit here and gorge on God's word and get fat. Like, I'm preaching to the choir most of the time. But if you engage in small groups in your neighborhood, and you start inviting your friends to these groups, and you ain't got to be a teacher. You, hey, listen, you can take the sermon notes. I'll give you the sermon notes, and y'all can just talk about the sermon notes. But then your gift of hospitality can kick in, and people can see the goodness of God and love by the way that you bring people into your home. Your gift of exhortation or encouragement can kick in when that person comes in, and they're and they a believer, and they just had a really hard day at work, and they don't know what's going on, and you can say, listen, hold on, hold on, let's, let's, pray, let's pray. Let's encourage her real quick. I can go down all the spiritual gifts, and all the spiritual gifts need to be exercised in these small groups. If you're interested in small groups, I want to talk to you. I do. And here's a bit. We have a, we, we, we have a, we, we, we have a good challenge. We got more people now desiring to be in a small group than we have small groups. God needs you to be a part of this family. 